Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. And welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris, and today our passage is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Uh, We'll give them a read, and we'll get into some explanation and some application. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's hearts has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Man, there are so many parts in this this section that we just read that echo other parts of Scripture. Not just Old Testament, which you should be pretty used to anytime Jesus speaks. (laughs) Anytime Jesus speaks, there's probably some sort of Old Testament message behind there. But there's actually several New Testament passages that come to mind too. In in 1 Peter chapter 1, you have the idea that because we we have a gospel message and and it's this mystery that how, how it's come to us and why God has chosen to give it to us in this way. And it's such a mystery that angels long to look into it. That's in 1 Peter chapter 1. And, and we kind of get the same idea here um, in verse 17. There's this great reference, powerful reference to Isaiah chapter 6 and, and, and several other passages in Jeremiah and Ezekiel that kind of all echo back to Isaiah 6. But um, there, there are a lot of connections here in our passage. Uh, we have just come off of the parable of the sower. Uh, Jesus has just given strictly the the parable. The explanation has not come to them yet. Uh, the disciples say, you know, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus is, is cryptic, but I think we get the message. Uh, the, the big message of this uh, comes to us in, in verse 13. It's, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Uh, it's, it's talking about a spiritual way of viewing the world, looking at the world through the eyes of God, uh, which is difficult. It does not come natural to us. Our flesh is, at times, it seems, is so much more in control and powerful than our spiritual sight. That's just not true, though. God has actually given us a, a, a spirit that is full of power, and it's full of self-control, and it's full of love. We just really have to learn to tap into it. On a practical standpoint, that comes uh, from it requires real dedication from us as Christians. It requires a regiment. It requires dedication. 
It requires sacrifice. Making a schedule that is spiritually focused, like a personal schedule that is spiritually focused, is so contrary, is so uh, weird for us, but it's something that's totally necessary in order for us to develop a spiritual way of looking at the world. You know, maybe that for you that requires studying uh, scripture and other theological and spiritually oriented books. Maybe for you that requires doing good deeds. Maybe for you that requires meditation. Uh, There are different ways for you to access spirituality. But whatever the the mode is for you, uh, you probably know what it is. And the big message here is that we need to seek out those things that allow us to view the world in a more spiritual way. It's absolutely necessary for us to view things in a spiritual way in order for us to see the the desire that God has for us. And, and so that's what Jesus is speaking to here. I, I'm going to speak in parables. And, and those of you who have eyes and ears to hear and listen and, and to see, you're going to catch it. Uh, but I'm going to speak in this way, and some people won't, and it's because they're not seeking it. They're not seeking truth in what I'm saying. Now, the big hit of our passage comes in verses 14 and 15. For me, I guess that was a more of a, a personal observation here. I think this is a really powerful point. In verses 14 and 15, where uh, Jesus starts quoting the prophet Isaiah, and he's quoting from chapter 6. And this is right after, you know, the throne of God has appeared before Isaiah and the hand of God has reached down and purified Isaiah. And the voice of the Lord says, you know, who am I going to send? And and Isaiah speaks up and says, okay, send me. And God says, okay, go make everyone blind and make everyone deaf. (laughs) It's like it's it's, uh, not something you would expect. Uh, And it's this kind of like drab, depressing not full of mercy and gospel like we would like to see, but it's full of justness and it's full of God being who God is supposed to be and who who we need him to be, the just God that he is. And so Jesus now quotes one of the more uh, difficult, awkward portions of scripture. And so a lot of people have come to this part of scripture and been really confused on how to pull this in with the parable of the sower. You know, why is Jesus moving from, moving from talking about, you know, sowing the seed, which later he's going to get down into the interpretation of this of this parable and you're going to realize, okay, he's talking about his own message. So the seed is his message. And so how is he going to go from spreading his message, how people, you know, when you accept it, great things are going to come. How is he tying in this? And and we get this from a little bit more uh context and how Old Testament, other Old Testament people use this passage. Uh, Isaiah 6 came before Ezekiel and Jeremiah as far as when they were written. We know that Jeremiah and Ezekiel pull from Isaiah, pull from this passage in particular, and quote this in the context of Israel having a hard heart. And that seems to be the way that people are going to continue to uh, identify it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 through 10 is alluded in John 9:39 with the 
the story of the blind man and in chapter 12 and verse 40 to describe Jesus' ministry in the hardness of heart of those who do not respond to his preaching. So this is how Jesus is going to use it again, uh, and, and, and this time John recording it instead of uh, Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Because the parable of the sower and this explanation come in all three of the synoptics. John doesn't have it, but John does implement it at least this scripture that both Matthew, Mark, and Luke use. He, John uses it in his gospel to talk about the same thing, hardness of heart, people who are not willing to respond to the message. And maybe that tells us a lot about, about what this message actually is. It is about acceptance and it is about rejection of the message of Jesus Christ. It's also going to be used in Acts chapter 28, very last portion of the book of Acts to describe the hardness of heart of heart of those who rejected Paul's message, which is the message of Jesus Christ. So why use this? Why use such a drab, uh, a depressing scripture, Old Testament scripture about hardness of heart and, you know, something, it's not very peppy, right? <laughs> if you're trying to sell a message, I, I, I wouldn't lead with this. I wouldn't include this. Uh, if Jesus had wanted to create confusion though, which a lot of scholars tend to be confused about this, Jesus could have just kept quiet. So clearly he is trying to give you a piece of information. He's trying to give you something to latch on to. If he had wanted to simply give a damning message, Mark should have just included the rest of this little section from Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, you know, it ends uh, a lot worse than, than Matthew has it here. Matthew could have included the, the more depressing parts, which is 11 verses 11 through 13 of Isaiah 6, but he doesn't. There's a different message being spoken here, and it is one of, of rejection. It is one of resistance. It is one of being deaf and blind to the message. So, there are four very obvious reasons for including this passage. One, the harsh language of Isaiah it's, it's used as a prophetic message for warning and challenge. Two, it expresses the certainty of God's coming judgment for a people who are past hearing. Three, the words of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9 become the classic expression to speak of the hardness of people's hearts. I say that because it's in Ezekiel, it's in Jeremiah, it's in John, it's in um, Acts. And fourth, the proclamation still expects and seeks some to hear and respond. We get that from the book of Isaiah. You move on to chapter 8. You see, despite this judgment and God telling Isaiah to do these things, God still expects some people to turn. He expects people to repent from this message of condemnation. And so we, we, can, we can take that Jesus might be referencing that for that purpose as well. I mean, you tie it in with the rest of Jesus' message. You know Jesus is seeking repentance. He, he doesn't come simply uh, to give judgment, but it is a, it's, a, it's a message that's full of warning, and it's full of challenge to repent, to come back. And, and we see this throughout Matthew. Matthew has several, many other passages that demonstrate a resistance to the message of Jesus, it's, it's all throughout chapters 11 through 12, really. I mean, go through each story in chapter 12, not kidding. Uh, verses 1 through 8, picking the grain on Sabbath, 9 through 14, 22 through 32, 38 through 42. Each of those stories are about having a resistance to or ignoring the true purpose of why Jesus is here. 
you know, that's kind of bookend with the um, uh, Jesus claiming who his real family is. It's the people who hear and do the will of God. It's all interconnected right here for Matthew. It all makes sense in the context of what Matthew is trying to give us. Matthew's trying to tell you, Jesus has given us a message. Jesus has has given us our orders. It's this message of repentance. It's this message of allegiance to Jesus Christ as King and Lord of your life. Hear the message. Hold on to the message. Believe the message. Live by the message. And then it works as a warning to those people and a warning for us to keep those people in mind who have a hard heart, who need repentance, that we might seek after them. I hope you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways. Have a good week. Peace and love.